The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. So why are they really pushing the vaccine? Obviously, we can't have everyone dead, so it's not to kill people. Or is it? Is it because the vaccines have already been contracted and need to be used at this point? Maybe it's for Big Pharma to make more money down the road with random side effects that will, by then, be considered unrelated. Or will the vaccine prolong life and that is what big business really wants, to make us work longer? Or not, since there's the AI and robotics equation. In other world news, the Chinese QR code vaccine passports have three colors. Green means you can't move around freely. Yellow means you cannot enter shops or shopping centers and you must get tested ASAP. Red means you must be in quarantine. A few hours ago, all residents of Harbin City, a city in China's northernmost province, were shocked to note that all their passports were yellow, meaning they all have to get a negative test result to get the green status back. The beta test continues. Once the government provides you with basic utilities, the government can then decide when to turn them on and off. Once they pay for your education, they can control the education and career you get to have. Once they provide your food, they can decide how much you get to eat. Once they pay for your housing, they control where you live. Once they pay for your healthcare and medicine, they control whether or not you are valuable enough to live. Once a government gets you to agree to gun control, you have no way to prevent that government from doing everything I just mentioned. The freedoms you surrender today are the freedoms your grandchildren will never know existed. And lastly, beauty is a $532 billion industry that will make you pretty. Education is a $1.3 trillion industry that will make you smart. Diet is a $72 billion industry that will make you lean. Pharma is a $1.5 trillion industry that won't make you healthy. No one's coming to save you. You are responsible for your own health. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and more. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, EMP Shield, Solar, and EMP Protection, Rebounders, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Gwen Olson is the author of the award-winning book, Confessions of an Rx Drug Pusher. She's also a contributing author to three books, Drug in Our Children, Doctor of the Future, and the Maximized Living Makeover Manual. Gwen has also published health-related articles in the Wellbeing Journal, Natural News, and the Health News Digest. Gwen is a passionate mental health activist, writer, and dynamic speaker who devotes much of her time to mental health and child advocacy. A 15-year veteran pharmaceutical rep from 1985 to 2000, Gwen worked for McNeil Pharmaceutical, Syntex Laboratories, Bristol-Myers Squibb, 
Abbott Labs, and Forest Laboratories. She was a hospital and specialist rep for the majority of her career, educating residents in hospital teaching settings and selling prescription drugs to doctors in obstetrics and gynecology, orthopedics, cardiology, neurology, endocrinology, and psychiatry. Gwen has a unique industry insider's perspective of the current U.S. healthcare dilemma and utilizes both her experience and the insight she received in her extensive sales training with pharma to illuminate marketing trends and illustrate how current greed and conflicts of interest make the system itself the biggest health risk to American consumers. For over a decade, Gwen has made hundreds of appearances and presentations and has been interviewed and featured on national and international television, radio, online and print media, documentary films, etc. Her website is GwenOlson.com. And she joins us from Costa Rica. Hello, Gwen, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm doing great, Mel. Thank you so much for having me today. My pleasure. I know it's raining where you are, and you predicted that it was going to be immediately after we started. So hopefully the sound will be fine, folks. I'll try to edit the rain as much as we can. But uh, that's just part of life, of living in the tropics and uh, in paradise. Right, Gwen? That's correct. So, Gwen, it's been over 10 years, and I have to tell you, I don't know if your ears have been ringing for the past year and a half, but I've been thinking about you ever since this pandemic began, and every day I'm thinking, what does Gwen think? So, for the listeners who don't know who you are, I always recommend that you go back to our interview that has your story, uh, talks about your book, Confessions of an Rx Drug Pusher, but today it, I'm going to make it an empty canvas because there's a lot to say. You don't grant that many interviews, so I thank you for coming on with me here today. Why don't you tell me what has happened in the past year, why you left to Costa Rica, and then we can discuss what's currently taking place. Well, a lot's been taking place in my life, and one of the reasons that I came to Costa Rica is that I had anticipated what is currently taking place in terms of you know, the mandated vaccines and the global crisis. So um, having been in the pharmaceutical industry for 15 years, uh, I had been a fly on the back wall of the hospital grand rounds and working in medical conferences that I kept hearing about the fact that the vaccine production was going to become a mainstay of the, indus- in the, of the industry's portfolio in the future because they would be able to mandate those things for consumption. So I had specifically stayed away from the vaccine issue uh, when I started speaking out about pharma, mainly because I knew that that was one of their golden calves, um, and as you could say, one of their cash cows. So I'd avoided talking about the vaccines primarily because I had not sold vaccines, and I knew that there was a number of activists that were already addressing this issue. So I felt it was, you know, best in my best interest to stay in the areas where I had an expertise and a credible voice. So I was primarily talking about psychiatric drugs and drugs used in general medicine, like cardiovascular medicine. So I came to Costa Rica because things were getting difficult for me in the States. Um, My computer was constantly being hacked. Uh, I had it fried several times. My website was taken down. My social media was was being monitored and and censored. Um, I was being trolled a lot and threatened online. So I thought, well, you know what? Maybe it's time for me to leave. And I especially 
when I heard Hillary Clinton was projected to be the next president, because I already knew about the 16-year plan to destroy the U.S. and that Hillary's eight years would follow Obama's eight years, I thought, well, you know, what chance does Donald Trump really have against Hillary? Because I knew the whole thing had been rigged, probably. So when he was announced as the Republican frontrunner, I decided that I needed to get the hell out of Dodge. So I left, and I thought my family would be safer here, that we could live in a healthier, more tranquil environment because we were moving into a permaculture community. And I wanted to take a break. Um, I'd spent several years being very active and interviewing and traveling the country for speaking engagements. I had filmed 12 documentaries, been on TV shows, and I just needed some downtime. I was tired. And I thought that, you know, it was time for me to take a break and to give my family a break. So I've really enjoyed my downtime. And that's allowed me to stay abreast of things this past year and nine months. And to do about six to eight hours of research daily. And I've also been working on the side as a, a health coach. So it's, it's been a real treat for me to be here. When this all began, you obviously knew this was going to happen at one point. I mean, the eight years of Obama, possible eight years of Hillary. I think this would have started immediately after Hillary would have been elected, but something happened along the way. Trump came along and they delayed it until election year to probably derail his possibility of being reelected. Do you think that's correct? Oh, I definitely agree with that. I don't even think they would have rolled things out so quickly and blatantly if Donald Trump hadn't been in office still and delaying their plans and being a threat to them for another four years if he had gotten back in office. So You know, I'm not a highly political person, and I'll admit straight up that I didn't vote in that election for Donald Trump. I didn't vote for Hillary either because I knew that the whole process had been corrupted for years. So I didn't have any faith in the process. And I was in the process of moving myself, and I didn't even feel like it merited me finding a place to vote. So you'd be surprised, though, how many people have accused me, particularly people that are opposed to Donald Trump, of of being a Trump lover. And... um You know, I usually respond, well, I wasn't a Trump lover, but after I've seen some of the things he's done, I judge a person by their deeds and not by what other people think about him. So I think he's accomplished a lot of wonderful things for the country, and therefore I have become a Trump supporter over time. Yeah, we're like you here. We try to be apolitical as well, but like you, it's by their deeds that we we judge someone. At the same time, I wonder... This whole push, and he continues to push the the stinger. I don't want to use the word because that triggers everybody. This He pushes the stinger all the time. And more and more information, even from the FDA coming out now, stating that, yep, maybe this is not as effective and it could be more harmful than we thought. We've been following the latest on the FDA. Of course I have. And I recently saw an article in The Lancet by two of the top FDA vaccine experts, the two that had recently resigned. Right. And I wondered why they'd resigned. And apparently they were trying to get out ahead of this publication in The Lancet because it's considered a very prestigious medical journal. And they're actually speaking out about the dangers of the jabs and the fact that they were not on board with the release of the boosters. So I'm sure that um, because they're talking about the risks that Biden and his administration are very unhappy with them. 
But I have to say, not only because of these exposures by the FDA, I feel quite hopeful because I've been campaigning as a quote-unquote whistleblower for like 16 years now. And I no longer even label myself as a whistleblower because it was so long ago that I was in the pharmaceutical industry. But I've been serving as a health activist for so many years now, and I have never before in all of those years seen a precedent that's been set recently of all these qualified, credentialed doctors, scientists, medical personnel, people that have positions of power and impeccable CVs, you know, like Dr. Mike Eden, the former vice president and chief science officer at Pfizer, and Dr. Peter McCullough, a cardiologist that's a professor for Baylor College of Medicine and one of the most published authors on COVID-19 that there is. And Dr. Luc Montagnier, for example, who's a Nobel laureate in medicine for the discovery of HIV, he's been publicly warning about the potential for ADE, antibody-dependent enhancement. Or Dr. Robert Malone, one of the scientists credited for the discovery of the mRNA at Salk Institute. So as well as all of these other reputable physicians and scientists who are putting their reputations and their careers on the line in order to speak out for the behalf of humanity. And, you know, that really heartens me, and that gives me hope. As for what you asked me about Donald Trump, I also have my concerns and reservations about why he is pushing the vaccine, but I certainly don't think it's out of ignorance. He always seems to be one step ahead of the curve, or whether it's because of the optics that, you know, it's some sort of political positioning on his part. But I've listened to some of his older interviews where he's raised concerns about vaccines in the past. Now, personally, I have never been an anti-vaxxer. My son was fully vaccinated, and but back then, you know, that meant he, he had to get like 12 or so doses of vaccines, and I never even really questioned it until he was mandated to get the Hep B vaccine when he was 11 years old, and he had to do that in order to be able to enter school. So that didn't make sense to me, and that was the first time that there were any red flags that were really raised for me because I knew that, you know, that was the vaccine mandates that were coming that I was hearing about. So, however, today our kids have to receive 69 to maybe even up to 72 doses of vaccines by the time they're 18 years old. And, of course, that bothers me to hear uh, President Trump bragging about being the father of the vaccine. But I'm waiting and I'm watching closely to see how it all plays out before I freak out and pass judgment about that. Well, the way I see it is that he can't be against it so publicly. We're talking about a $1.5 trillion industry if that hasn't changed. So maybe he's just walking a fine line. And this is why at the beginning he was talking about hydroxychloroquine, uh, talking about uh, uh, some of the other alternative therapies, which by the way, what is what are your thoughts on this? If there are laws, the right to try law, if you have no choice, you're dying. And they say, well, we can test this on you. Why can't doctors prescribe ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and some of the other therapies that are successfully being used by other doctors? And many people are contacting me saying, nope, they're refusing, or the pharmacy says that we're out, or they're just basically declining. Actually, that's one of the things that surprised me the most. When I worked for pharma, doctors were permitted to use their own medical judgment when writing for drugs. It was called off-label use, and we weren't legally allowed to promote off-label 
But if we could get a so-called opinion leader, for example, in our community that would agree to go out and talk to other doctors on our behalf and tell them about how they were using a product for other indications, that was totally legal. And there was never any pushback on doctors for doing that. But now we're talking about an agenda, whether it's, you know, intended to pave the way for the emergency use authorization products or if it's because there's a narrative that has to be followed They only want everyone to get the jabs for one reason or another. But of course, it's always logical to follow the money because it's very profitable for pharma. And I read that in the second quarter alone, Pfizer made $19 billion. That's something like $211 million a day. Yes. So the money could be one of the issues. But there seems to be something else going on. And I've been listening to another physician who's a Nobel nominee, Dr. Zev Zelenko. You may be familiar with him. Absolutely. This um, is why I, I even mentioned the alternative therapies. Exactly. He, he's a family doctor who has had a 99% success rate in treating over 800 plus COVID patients. And he's had some great results by using hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and some other OTC um, zinc ionophores, which um, what a zinc ionophore is, is a, a product that supports an ion like zinc crossing the cell membrane. So there are other supplements if you don't have access to ivermectin or HCQ that you can buy such as quercetin or glutathione or uh, what's the other one? Oh, ECGC, which is a green tea extract. And those products don't require a prescription. You can buy them in your local drugstore or health food store. So his protocols included, uh, in addition to a zinc ionophore, vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, and erythromycin. So that was for any bacterial component that might have been, you know, accompanying the illness. And that was his protocol. And it came up with, he came up with that for early intervention. So as soon as patients would present to him with symptoms, uh, he was keeping his patients out of the hospital, but he was also curing their symptoms within a few days. So I've since heard of a large number of other physicians who are successfully using those protocols, especially among the doctors that are called the frontline doctors, and you can find those online. So why aren't they allowing, in some cases, actually forbidding it, such as pharmacists actually refusing to fill the scripts? It can only lead me to think that there is, you know, another agenda besides the practice of good medicine where they want people to have to be hospitalized before they can receive treatment, or they want people to get so ill that it creates so much angst and fear among other people that they'll run out and stand in lines that stretch out for blocks in order to get their jabs. And that's what's happening here in Costa Rica, and it, and it makes me ill. But another thing that Dr. Zelenko has concluded is that it's a eugenics depopulation agenda. And you know what? That's pretty sobering to hear from a medical doctor. But people say, trust the science. And you know what I trust more? I trust the evidence. And the evidence points to the fact that something doesn't add up. Something something is awry and something has changed drastically in the way that medicine is being practiced. And the fact that they're demonizing truly safe and effective drugs that have been, you know, have a proven track record and they're pushing or, and even mandating in some instances these biologics that don't have either it just doesn't make sense. So 
I pride myself in being a critically intelligent thinker, and I stopped watching television many years ago and listening to mainstream media. And when things don't add up or make sense to me, I started thinking, you know. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.